I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where when this scumbag insults a harmless disabled old lady, this bystander comes up with a genius plan, issuing that scumbag with thousands of pounds worth of parking tickets unknowingly years into the future. Mock the disabled, justice is served many years later. This is a story about a POS receiving their deserved karma several years later. Many years ago, I worked in a lovely career of retail. It's sadly normal for there to be a constant flow of shop scum that make you despise their existence. And there are those that are so horrific that what they do is burned into your mind forever. Fortunately, one of these unforgettable moments allowed me to extract my revenge. I'd only worked in retail for one year in this newly built store and was starting to settle in. Getting to know the great customers and understanding that some people shouldn't be allowed outside, which being a shy person who hates conflict wasn't the best, but at least one of my customers was an absolutely adorable elderly lady who always made time to talk and was an absolute joy to be with. It had been some weeks since I'd last seen her, But one morning, I see her car park into the disabled parking bay, as she already has a blue batch. Only this time, she hobbled out of the car on crutches with a pot on her leg. I didn't have the chance to talk to her yet when a works truck, which did not have a blue disabled badge, pulled into the disabled space next to her and out jumped an early 40s builder with their teenage kid. Well, this little old lady was having none of this and must have absolutely massive balls of steel and stood up to this ignorant builder, politely informing them that they shouldn't be parking there as it's for the disabled and he doesn't have a badge. What happened next, I can't forget. This builder decided the best course of action was to humiliate and insult this poor elderly lady on crutches, accuse her of faking her disability and claim the cast on her leg was a fake and that she probably milks the benefit system for as much money as possible. Then walks off, putting on an overdramatic fake limp, laughing away with their teenage kid, whilst the old lady stood there in shock. Sadly, being one who lacks courage, I did absolutely nothing about it, and that would stick with me forever. I tried feebly to ask a manager later to do something about it, but they didn't care or want to get involved. For years, I worked in this store, always seeing this scum builder come in and out. Fortunately, I never interacted with this scum builder, but I saw them often, and every time I did, I would always remember what they had done vividly. I would still see them park in the disabled base, and even got to the point where I would recognize them by the large blue Mercedes they drove. Seven years later, I was still working in the store, and this scum was still parking in disabled, looking like an absolute idiot. Yet this year, I was blessed with good fortune and our store was outfitted with some absolute joyful equipment. Due to the high number of complaints, our store had set up a company to deal with the parking violations. But instead of having external parties coming in and ticketing cars, the staff of the store were given the ticketing machine and it was our duty to go to the car park and record any cars that violated the parking rules. This was all done digitally and there'd be no paper tickets upon the cars. 
This was brilliant. As soon as I found out, I knew what I was going to do. It didn't take long for me to learn how to use the machine. And it certainly didn't take long for the opportunity to get revenge. And so it began. There were three rules for parking. And if you break these rules, there is a lovely 80 pound fine in return each time it happened. The first rule, no parking in disabled without a badge. And I know well that the scum builder is certainly violating this rule. And it wasn't long until I saw him next. And as soon as he entered the store, I quickly scurried out with the ticketing machine. And lo and behold, there was the oversized blue Mercedes in the closest disabled bay with no badge. I smashed those car details in with some well-shot photos and sent the report off so that they would receive a lovely letter of their fine that they would have to pay. But that is not enough though. Fortunately, it takes weeks for them to finally receive the ticket, which grants me the opportunity to constantly ticket their parking violations. Because as you would expect, this scum would always park in disabled and as I worked front of store, I would always know when they'd parked. After ticketing their car dozens of times, the scum unfortunately learnt their lesson, as their oversized blue Mercedes no longer appeared in disabled parking bays. But as you expect, the scum would still be scum, and they would find their new parking space inside child parking. Rule two, don't park inside child parking without a child. Had this scum gotten enough, I thought? Of course not. They haven't learned their lesson and continue to be a complete idiot and park in the child parking, which we didn't have many spaces for. At this point, I knew all their car details by heart and would gleefully fill out the ticket machine as I skipped over to their car, violating the child parking and take the photos needed for them, including shots of their car seats that bear no child seats in them. And as it became routine, this once again carried on for a few weeks with more tickets being created and eventually they start receiving the fines. Fortunately, me being me, I am completely invisible to others and often overlooked, and I've yet to been seen or caught. But as all good things must eventually come to an end, when the scum came into the shop, their blue turd automobile was no longer there in child parking or disabled. Has the scum finally learnt their lesson? Would you be surprised if they had not, as it didn't take me long to find them? Rule three, you must park inside a marked bay. And what a surprise, the scum still manages to screw this up. They'd park over the line, taking two spaces up. Well, guess what? That's a job for me and my ticket machine. Trying to park inside taxi parking, but can't fit the big ass car in it? Boom, that ain't inside a marked bay. And ka-ching, another ticket and fine for thee. Have one single wheel slightly over the white line of a bay? Well, guess who technically broke the rule? That's right, scumbag did. And there goes a few more weeks of fun until eventually the scumbag runs out of ways that they can possibly break the rules and our company hires externally to start ticketing cars. So my beloved weapon of justice goes to rest. Now I know what people are probably gonna say, that all these fines are not enforceable because of blah, 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 but I honestly don't care for a few reasons. Firstly, I'm being paid to do this. So either way, my time or money isn't wasted. Secondly, it did have an effect as they repeatedly change their parking habits. And thirdly, even if they don't end up paying, they're still gonna spend an absolute load of time and effort trying to overturn the tickets again and again, having to constantly be harassed by mail. Overall, if the fines are counted separately and added up, they would have received thousands of pounds worth of fines building up over time for being scum. Cherry on the top? About three years later, I walked by this piece of scum in the car park and watch as they scream at some innocent dude in a high-vis jacket 
accusing them of being the one giving them all the parking fines. Now this put me at peace, knowing this must have seriously got to them and cost them to still be raving mad after three years. You know, the only bad part of this story is that the fines had to end. I mean, it was gonna happen, it was inevitable, but my word, imagine this just happened for years and years and these scumbags never found out until they were hit with like, I don't know, a 50,000 pound fine or something. That is the only way this story could have been improved. It is kind of crazy though, how one bad act, this scumbag abusing a disabled person for no reason has led to this. One person, OP, seeking the best possible revenge and it causing them years, literal years of hardship. It is pretty poetic, I've got to say. Don't mess with an engineer. I worked for a company that provides specialized equipment used in manufacturing. To protect my anonymity, I'll have to be vague about what exactly this machine does. During my time working in this field, I got to know many clients who would need these machines installed and serviced. One of these customers were called Jake. I later left the company to do a different job, but Jake apparently kept my number. One afternoon, I got a call from Jake that they wanted a new unit installing and another unit needed maintenance and wanted to know if I was available. I let him know that I'd left the company, but that I could pass him on to someone who could help. He tells me he'll pay 2x my current rate to install the unit over the weekend. He lets me know that the company has increased the rates for installation and the company just can't afford it. The instructions they sent over just aren't clear enough and their engineers are scratching their heads trying to figure it out. He begs me to consider it, and I agree. For more context, installing this unit can take a good few hours, or up to a day on your own. The company gives you two options. You can either pay for an engineer to come and install it, or you can save money and they'll send instructions so the customer's own engineers can install it. The instructions aren't easy to follow, and it's company policy that if someone has started to install the equipment, the supplier wouldn't get involved since they couldn't verify that any of the pieces were broken. This will be important later. I drive down on the weekend and they show me the boxes of equipment. I set to work and I make good progress installing the units. Around six hours in and I'm stopped by Jake who greets me. I let him know I'm nearly finished and he tells me, sorry, but they just don't have the budget to pay you. He understands my frustration, but his engineers can take it from here. To say I was frustrated was an understatement. I wanted revenge. There's a small button inside the unit that changes the unit into test mode. This is done to perform maintenance on the unit, but it's impossible to configure the unit with this button pressed. It's only possible to reach this button using a pin, so it's not easily pressed during installation. Because of this, the installation instructions don't mention it. There's no real way of telling the equipment is in test mode. It just won't work normally. I think you can guess where this is going. I click the button, collect my things, and leave. Monday morning, I get a call from Jake. I declined. I knew my old company wouldn't get involved since I'd already started installing the units. I knew his engineers would never figure it out, so I just had to let him stew. A few days later, with many missed calls, I finally pick up. Jake is furious. He asks me where the hell I've been and why I haven't been picking up the phone. He tells me they cannot figure out how to configure the machine and they need my help. I tell him, why is this my problem? You won't pay me. He told me he was sorry and they'd work something out if I could just get there as soon as possible. I told him, oh no, you're gonna pay me 7,000 pounds up front before I do anything. I'd never felt this powerful before. He screamed at me for a bit and hung up. 
He called back a day later after saying he's sorry for how he acted and said that if I could come and fix it, he would pay me in a totally defeated tone. He tried to fight it, saying he'll pay when I was done, but I was having none of it. After a bit of back and forth, he agrees to pay me. The money hit my account and I came in the next day. The look of confusion on his face when I took out a pin and changed the unit from test mode was priceless. It was even more priceless seeing his reaction to me packing up my tools and leaving after only 20 minutes of configuring. That is the easiest £7,000 I've ever made. Don't try to mess with a professional problem solver. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that is some great karma right there. If you've instructed a man to work on something for a agreed fee for hours and then not paid him, you deserve the worst. Simple as that. Like, it doesn't get any more scummy. I know we talked a lot about scums in the first story, but it gets no less scummy, in my opinion, than literally agreeing a price with someone, saying, yeah, do all the work, and then we're just a little bit left at the end saying, oh, don't worry, my guys can take it from here. We're not going to pay you. I actually couldn't afford it. Scum. No drinks, no tip. So, I'm working at a huge party, concert, miscellaneous event locations, and I'm the guy responsible for refilling the bars with drinks every time the bartender mails an order, and also picking up the used glasses and pints to bring them to the washing station that we have. In general, I'm the guy that helps the bars running there. Sometimes there are two or three of us in a shift, but other times not. There can be nights that there are five bars open and the place is full of around 3,000 people. Just to give you a taste of what the job looks like when the place is packed on a typical Friday or Saturday night, imagine that you have to carry and deliver around 20 beer kegs each with a weight of 65 kilograms, that's 130 pounds, and around 60 cases of beer and soft drinks just when you start your shifts. When something goes out at the bar, the bartender makes a new order that I have to deliver. And this goes on all night long from 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. And sometimes there are goer parties till 11 a.m. Also, just to give another taste of how big this place is, during a normal shift, according to my phone, I'm walking 28 kilometers. That's 17 miles. What? Where I come from, we call this job the runner. The unwritten law here is like this, that each bartender has to give 20% of their tip that they make each night to the runner. Because without a runner, you would have no drinks to serve. Nobody can really know who is really giving the 20% of their tip, but that's another story. But every bartender is giving something, and usually it's a lot, and all sides are happy. A new guy comes in, and the staff manager explains to him this unwritten rule, saying exactly these words. You don't want to have problems with any of the runners, so be fair. Now, when you've been doing this job for a while, you will know approximately if the tip you will be getting is good or not. So, fast forward. It's a huge metal festival with all bars open, three different stages and outdoor bars, etc., plus after-show parties. The place is packed like there is no tomorrow. This festival happens every year and it's one of the best shifts, even though it's a lot of work, around 17 hours at that, Yes, it's a lot, but walking home with a thousand tip is worth it. So, this new guy has a spot at a very good selling bar. He was providing and delivering drinks there like crazy. After a long shift when everything is done and they do their calculations, he brings the money to the treasury, looks at me, and says, cold-blooded, thank you, have a good night. Tonight was a good night to work, and walks away without giving me my tip. That was it, folks. I kept doing my job every time he had a shift at one of the bars, like nothing happened, and I was just waiting for a full pack night to come. And finally, 
After a week, it was the time. Again, the place is fully packed. His first orders arrived in my tablets. Sadly, I was too busy to deliver though. One hour passes and he tries to call me on my phone. I pick up standing next to a subwoofer. One and a half hours go by and a second order arrives from him. I didn't even deliver the first one. Sadly, I was again too busy. Then, after another half hour, the shift manager calls me on the radio. The shift manager was also doing this job before getting a better position there. Hey, what the fuck is going on? Why has he got no drinks to sell? I'm busy with the rest of the bars. The guests can go to the other bars, I reply. Are you serious? That guy can only sell water and everything else is empty. And then I reply, he can sell water, but no one tips a bartender for a water, right? Cue a small pause on the radio. Can't be freaking serious. He's leaving no tip for you guys. Yep, you guessed right. I'm sending this idiot home. Positive. You see, this wouldn't be that bad if this guy was genuinely making a mistake and didn't realize that this was the culture, but he's been explicitly told by your staff manager that this is what people do. And also, he knows how important the role you play is as his runner. Without him, as you say and as we saw, he doesn't serve anything because he's got nothing to serve. The fact that he was explicitly told, you need to do this, and then still didn't do it and said, thank you for your work, and that was it. That is shocking. Now guys, before I end today's episode, for you loyal viewers and listeners that always watch at the very end of my episodes every single time, listen, I love you first of all, and I know who you are and I appreciate you a lot. I thought I'd chuck in one extra little nuclear revenge story just for you guys. If you clicked on this video, this episode, and you watched the first two minutes and then you clicked off, well, you didn't know there was some nuclear revenge in this, but just to reward you lot for watching the whole thing, here we go. This is r slash nuclear revenge. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My grandmother almost killed my mother's first fiance. My grandmother told me this story and I wanted to share it. This all happened in 1985. So this was before security cameras were a household thing. Plus this happened in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. My grandmother, Clara, told me that when my mum, Angela, turned 19, she got engaged to a man named Dick. That's his actual name, by the way. Clara noticed that he was very controlling, i.e. she couldn't use her phone, the landline, and he forbid her from going to family events. Clara's final straw was when my mum called her in the middle of the night crying, saying she couldn't do it anymore and that he had been beating her. By this point, they'd been together for almost two years and had my older brother. Clara told my mum to go to my great-grandfather's house and stay there, but tell Dick that she was going to her house. My mum did as she was asked and Clara waited for him. He eventually came in the middle of the night yelling that Angela needed to come home and stop acting like a child. Clara told Dick that Angela was inside. He went in and Clara came in behind him and hit him over the head with a bat that she'd set beside the inside of the door. Dick fell to the floor and Clara hit him several more times in the legs and arms, breaking one of his arms and fracturing a rib. When she was done, she told him to never come near her daughter or he would be in a ditch next. 
He never came back. I'm pretty sure he burned my mum's stuff, but she didn't care. And there we go. A little nuclear revenge reward, I guess, for watching the entirety of this episode. I don't really know if I can call a story like that a reward, but hey, was definitely nuclear. I mean, if that is the only way to stop abuse and domestic abuse, even in the modern day, I know this was 1985, but come on, that's not a long time ago. Then what's this world come to? It's a disgrace. I mean, fair play to, to your grandma for doing that, but my word, the fact that she had to do that just to stop someone from domestically abusing someone is insane. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this one. Hope you enjoyed that little uh, added surprise story at the end. I'm going to do it more often just to reward you lot that stick around to the end of the episodes and videos because I love you and I appreciate you and I hope you, uh, you know, continue to do so. Big love. See you all tomorrow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.